0: You are listening to a message from Parkway Church in Corona. Our prayer is that this message blesses and encourages you as you listen. If you'd like to know more about who we are as a church, you can visit our website, parkway-church.com. So my message today, guys, um, my message today is called, throw away your mat. All right? Throw away your mat. I'm sorry if somebody in this room is named Matt. Um, I know there's one. Don't throw Matt away. You know the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Whenever they would throw Jazz out, and he'd go ah, and get thrown out the front door. That's not what I mean. Don't throw Matt out of here. But throw away your mat is what my message is titled today. And my, uh, if you guys want to turn your Bibles to John chapter five. Um, Uh, Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can gather here, Lord, in your presence today. Father, I thank you that as we gather here at Parkway, week after week, that we can count on your Holy Spirit coming, touching us, blessing us, and hearing our prayers and the cries of our heart. I pray that as we turn to your word that you would anoint our ears to hear you today that you would anoint our hearts to receive, Father. And Holy Spirit, as we leave this place today, anoint our uh, bodies and minds and spirits to take it all into action, Lord. And I pray all of these things, and everybody in the house said, amen. Fantastic. Um, by a show of hands, is there anybody in this room who has actually come to salvation, has met Jesus in the last two years? The last two years, you've accepted Jesus. Yeah, there's a few people in are Fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's worth celebrating, church. That's amazing. Um, yeah, that's why we're here. That's why we're here, church. So this message um, does apply to new Christians, um, and it applies to old Christians, and we'll see, uh, we'll see about that in just a second. But for those of us who, um, for those people in this room, I was going to say for those of us, like I just got saved. Um, uh, for some people who have just accepted salvation, this, this, this might hit home with you. Sometimes we think, when we accept Jesus, that all of our problems are supposed to go away, right? We have this thought of, you know, well, these people say that Jesus is the answer to my problems. Jesus is the answer to my financial problems, to my, you know, my spiritual problems, my, my identity. And sometimes when we have a moment or an experience with Jesus, and we accept Jesus, life happens after, and we're like, wait a second, I thought that this was supposed to make my life easier. And for those of us who have been Christians a long time, we know that following Christ isn't easy. It enriches our life, it makes our life better, it means we're walking in what we're designed to live in, but it's definitely not an easier way to live. In fact, the second that we say, Jesus, I give my life to you, there's actually a large responsibility placed on us, right? The second we accept Christ, there's a responsibility on us. Jesus actually, his expectations for us increase. His, his expectation, sorry, for us to go and make disciples, to go heal the sick, to go feed the poor, Though we, we carry. I don't want to call it a burden, but we carry those expectations the moment we become a Christian. So let's turn to John chapter 5, verse 1. This is the story of Jesus healing the lame man, okay? So, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, and it has five porches On these lay a great multitude of disabled, blind, lame, and paralyzed people. For an angel went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever then first stepped into the water after the stirring up was cured of whatever disease he had. Can we just halt for a second? This is a little bit on the side. I think sometimes we as Christians, we like to put God in a box sometimes, okay? I like to put God in a box because I like God to do things the way I like God to do things. But that's not how it works. You know, sometimes, and this is, again, totally separate from my message, but it's just something I think we overlook. We accept the fact that, like, an angel literally would flow in this water and heal people. You know, but sometimes we see somebody healed at church and we're like, mm, that's not the way I, we usually see it done. I don't know if that's real. But you remember, like, this, like people would jump in a pool and become healed by the presence of God. Okay, That's just on the side. Let's keep that in mind, okay? Um, and a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been a long time in that condition, he said to him, do you want to be made well? That question is very important. The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another one steps down before me. Jesus said to him, "'Rise, take up your mat, and walk.' And immediately the man was made whole and took up his mat and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to the man who was cured, "'It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for you to carry your mat.' He answered them, "'He who made me well said to me, "'Take up your mat and walk.' Then they asked him, What man is it who said that to you? Take up your mat and walk. But the man who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had quietly withdrawn while there was a crowd in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, Behold, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest something worse come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. So this man... Okay, this lame man doesn't mean he was a loser. The word lame means he couldn't walk. Just for some of you younger people, okay? He wasn't like lame. Um, this man, <laughs> Jesus made him cool again. No. This man was unable to walk for thirty-eight years. Now I'm—I have not been alive nearly thirty-eight years, and I think I, I can tell you this: I've been on—I've uh, had four ankle sprains, and I've been unable to walk for. F- Four, four different times for a few weeks, and that drives me bonkers. I can't imagine 38 years of this, where this man sat by this pool, and, and he's looking around for somebody to help him, sitting on his mat. I meant to bring a yoga mat today as an illustration, and I totally forgot. But he sat on his mat, looking around for people to help him into the water, hoping that he would be healed, but somebody always got in before him. 38 years of this. 38 years of this. And all of a sudden, this man that this guy has never seen before walks up to him with a group, with his entourage with him, and says, hey, do you want to be made well? Now, it seems like an easy question, right? We read it, and we're like, yeah, duh. Why? Jesus, come on, why would he not want to get well? But when you dive into it a little bit, if this man was able to walk. You know what this means? It means his identity changes. He's not a beggar. He's a man who now has to work. He's a man who has to build strength in his legs again. He is unable to rely on other people to give him money and to give him food. This means now that he's healed and set free, he has a responsibility. He has to take care of himself now. So when Jesus walks up to him and asks, do you want to get well? He's asking, do you want a brand new life, is what he's asking him. It's, a, it's about a lot more than being able to walk again. And what's incredible is that the fact that this man was just able to, to get up and walk. Here's the incredible thing about our Lord. He doesn't just take away this man's problem being unable to walk, but sitting down for 38 years, that's some serious muscle atrophy. And that's some, his ligaments, his bones would have been extremely weak. But in that moment that Jesus says, stand up, his disease is gone, his muscles are strengthened, his tendons, his bones, everything is strengthened and in full working order. He's able to get up and walk after 38 years. I can tell you in ninth grade, I fractured my ankle in three spots and I second degree sprained it. And uh, it, it wasn't fun. I was on crutches for weeks. And the doctor's like, you're good to go. You're good to walk. So I was like, okay. So I went home threw my crutches down, felt like a champion, took one step on it, and I actually hit the ground. I was like, what? what? He's lying. <laughs> lie detector has determined that is a lie. Um, but what had happened was my muscles had atrophied. I hadn't walked for like a couple months. My muscles had to get used to it. And, but this man, by Jesus' words, was changed immediately. Now, this man's life was changed, but it didn't get easier. The second that this guy stands up, he's probably pumped. He's like, man, guys, look at me. I'm healed. You remember me? I was sitting by the pool for 38 years, and I'm okay. But then, here come the religious police over here saying, wait a second, it's the Sabbath. You're not supposed to be carrying your mat on the Sabbath. And he's like, wait a second, aren't you supposed to be celebrating with me? Shouldn't you be excited for me? It's like, nope, this is the Sabbath. Who told you this? And he's this man who just got healed, all he did was stand up and pick up his mat. And he's like, shouldn't, shouldn't you guys be celebrating with me? The second he receives his healing experience, he faces adversity. Now this man has two options. He can lie back down on his mat and forget it all happened. Or he can look at himself and say, I can't lie back down. Look at me now right? He's faced with those two options. This man, it, it, listen church, it would have been easier for him to forget the whole thing happened. He could have just, you been like, you know what, you're right. Dropped his mat on the ground, apologized for breaking the Sabbath, and laid back down on his mat, and continued to do what he did in fear of the Pharisees. That would have been the easy thing to do. He could have continued to rely on people. But the man was like, I can't go back to my old life. Look at me now. Look at my new life. We often, church, want freedom without work. I want freedom without work. It's who, who we are as people. We often will experience newness. If, if we have an experience of being set free or an encounter with Jesus that changes our lives... Jesus changes our lives in a moment. But a lot of the time we don't continue to walk in that freedom. Because, because church, we don't maintain it. You know, when you buy, um, when you go to the doctor and he gives you medication, he's like, good, your problem is cured, come back to me in a month. When God sets you free from, from let's say, a sin, it's good, you've been set free, now check up with me every single day. Come visit me twice a day, three times a day, and make sure this problem doesn't come back. I don't want to get um, too caught up on this analogy, but the first thing actually that came to my head when I thought of an experience of being set free is how you pay a down payment on a mortgage. It's, It's as if Jesus walks up and says, your down payment is paid, the healing is yours, but you got to pay the rest. you got work to do. Right? It's I mean, when you, go, when you go and buy a house, you, you pay your down payment, you've got a lot owing still, but you get to go home and live in that house. It's like Jesus paid the down payment for your freedom, you get to walk in it, you get to go home in your new life, but you have to maintain it. You got a lot of work to do still, because you can't fall back, because we know what happens if you don't pay your mortgage. The house isn't yours anymore, right? Are you guys tracking with me? fantastic. Some of us don't really want to get well. Here's the thing, as a youth pastor, I I encounter this quite often. With, With the mental health crisis that's happening in young people, there's a lot of young people that don't actually want to get well. Their identity is, I'm the person that suffers from depression and The people around me need to understand that and cater to that. And we've lived and we've made a culture that makes that okay. It's like, that's what you have. That's okay. That's who you are. But that never brings them to ever get better. There's people that don't want to get better. Their identity is wrapped up in their burden, in their sickness. Some of us don't want to get better because it requires work after to maintain it. Some of us don't want to work on our marriage because we have to work on it. Some of us don't want to, you know, some of us don't want to, we want the financial blessing from God, but we don't want to have to give because then we have to give. Walking in freedom is hard, church. Walking in freedom is not easy. We often think if God sets us free from addiction, it means, boom, the temptation never comes back. Thank you, Jesus, I'm set free. Has anybody here, you don't have to show your hands, has anybody here ever been set free from a sin or from something and then gone back to it? I have. It's probably the most spiritual burdening thing you can encounter. I hate it. Because I thought wrong. I thought when Jesus set me free from something, that was it. I never had to think about it again. But what it means is he paid the initial down payment for my healing. It means... It means that uh, Jesus set me free and he did the initial work. So that what he did is he closed that back door that Satan was using to get in. It means when Satan would come to tempt me, he would come and his key card would go, and blink red. He can't get in anymore. But if I'm not watching, he's going to find a different back door to get in and sneak in through this way. So I... I'm not saying this to say that when Jesus sets you free, it's not one and done. Because when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for it all. Once and for all. There's nothing that we can do to change that. But my, the point I'm trying to make is that once we're set free, our um, responsibility kicks in to walk in that freedom. And, and, and so that leads to my next point, church. We can fall out of freedom. You can absolutely fall out of freedom. Again, going back to that analogy, if you don't pay your mortgage, you lose your house. It doesn't matter who paid your down payment. You're not paying it, you don't get it. Sin, separation from God, lack of intimacy with God, all of those things can cause us to fall out of freedom. If God is leading us into freedom, we have to follow him into a life of freedom. We can't just narrow Jesus down to an experience and continue to go on our way because we're going to lose our way very quickly. You know, I use the analogy, let's say God um, heals somebody of of, uh, a heart condition and that person gets healed of a heart condition. The doctor says, wow, your heart is healthy. Great, fantastic. Now I can eat gingerbread and shortbread cookies every day of my life. We know what's going to happen to them, church. What's going to happen? Their heart condition is going to come back. You know, people who may have um, gone on their, you know, their, their journeys to becoming fit, to becoming healthy. That's fantastic. Once you reach your goal, you have to stay there. You can't just, you know, get, hit your goal and then just let yourself go. Not worry about your health anymore because you're going to be right back where you were. There's no difference spiritually. It's just Jesus does all the initial work for us. It's fantastic. If we're not in sync with the giver of freedom, how will we ever stay in freedom, right? If that man sat back on his mat, his atrophy would kick back in. If that man decided, you know what? I I can't do this, this is too hard is too much work. Everyone's yelling at me. People don't like me anymore. I'm not a beggar anymore, so I don't even know who I am. He would have sat back down on his mat, give it a year. I believe he would have been right back where he was, unable to walk again. Because Jesus set him free for a purpose. And if he's not fulfilling that purpose, he's not going to receive the favor that God had for him. Right? I'll say that again. God set him free for a purpose. God sets you free. He sets me free for a purpose. And if we just take that, receive it as a gift, and just keep going on where we're going, I'm not sure how long that favor is going to last for. But if God sets you free to give you a testimony or so that you can work for his kingdom, you have to walk in that. Church, um, I, this actually wasn't in my notes, but I just feel all my spirit to share this. Who remembers a few years ago when we had our healing weekend and we brought Roger Sappin? Who Who's here for that? I was sitting at the back in that corner, um, about where Pam was sitting, and I felt the Lord speak to me. So for those of you who don't know, I was on Ritalin for 15 years of my life, because I, uh, I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was four, and... It was one of those things where if I didn't take my medication, my teachers were calling by 11 a.m. to my parents, being like, does Mitch have his medication? Because he is an animal today. And my parents would do that. I thought you gave it to him. No, I thought you gave it to him. Right? And and that evolved into something different as an adult. ADHD looks a little different as an adult. It tends to change from a hyperactive disorder to, uh, physical fatigue Instead of just being distracted and not being able to focus it actually turns into depression and it can turn into um, Very being very foggy minded a lot and I was actually finding it. This is when I was um I Pastor Ryan had just left. I had just started volunteering in youth ministry had no no idea what I was doing but I was, I was medicating myself because I couldn't... Without my medication, I was just having way too much of a hard time. Like, I couldn't even sit down and type a message all in one sitting. And I don't want to make this story longer than it needs to be, but I was sitting in the back, and I, and I felt in my spirit come on up to the front and receive healing. I have healing for you. But there was a man being prayed with ALS. We had somebody being prayed for with Parkinson's disease, somebody being prayed for with other things. And I was like, no, I, honestly, I'm not wasting their time. Like, this man could die from this, and I'm going to come up here and think that my problem is just as bad? That's what I was allowing my, in my thought process. And I felt like Bob would say a two-by-four moment. I literally just felt God just go whack. He's like, I told you. I have healing for you. Come up now. So I decided to walk up here. Dave, you were there. Dave started praying for me and touched my head. Dave pulled his hand off me as I started sweating and said, do you feel hot? I said, just my head feels hot. Feels like somebody poured oil on my head. And Dave goes, my hand is burning. In church that night, I actually have not touched my medication since. Not a single time. Now listen. Thank you. (laughs) Praise God for that. But listen, God did it for a purpose. Right? If I didn't walk in that freedom, if I I continued uh, to fall in my old patterns and just dismissed it as, no, you know what, this means I can do whatever I want. I don't have to try anymore. I don't know if I'd still be healed. I can tell you the amount of teenagers that are medicated right now for mental illness is insane. It's, It's so high, it makes me sick. But I can relate to them because I've done it before. And I can say, hey, look, I have a story. God healed me of it. He can heal you. I believe there is a purpose for my breakthrough. Fantastic. So, church, throw away your mat. Lying back down is not an option when God sets you free. Man, this Jesus thing is too hard. I can't do it. When I accepted Jesus, I thought this was going to be easy. Man, living free from lust, when God set me free of this, this is hard because I have to control my thoughts now. I I don't know if I can do this. It's easier if I just go back and let my mind do whatever I want to do and look at what I want to look at. Man, this living without addiction is not easy. I thought this was supposed to make things easier. Man, working on my marriage isn't easy. I thought a healthy marriage was supposed to make my life easier. But I can't lie back down because look at me now. Church, when God sets you free, we can't lie back down. We don't have an option because look at us now. I couldn't go back to my old ways, back to being medicated, because look where I am now. I'm free from it. It's not an option. So church, throw away your mat. Whatever that mat was that you're lying on, pick it up, throw it away. It's not an option anymore. So in closing, church, I'm going to call, I don't know, the worship team, if you guys want to come back up. I know my message wasn't long today, but church, I felt this very strongly on my heart that there's people that need to hear this. As I was writing this, I needed to hear this for myself. But, but church, what's your mat? What thing are you returning to? Is there a thing that you're, you know, is there a thing where you're just deciding, you know what? It's a lot easier just to sit here because if I get up, I have to do some work. It's a lot easier to sit here and come to church and have my needs met and just kind of ignore this thing here. What's your mat that you're sitting on? I had a mat before. You know, before I was healed, I just dismissed all of my problems like, oh, it's just the ADHD talking. that's fine. It's just who I am. You know, I, I, I would come unprepared for youth night. Oh, it's just because I'm distracted. Can't help it. It's who I am. That was my mat. That's what I laid on. But look at me now. Can't lie back down. What, what do you keep returning to? Is there something that you feel that you've contended for? And you feel that God has set you free. But you've lied back down. Or church, is there something where sometimes what the enemy does too, and, and this happened with me a bunch of times, where I, I would um, have a rough day and I would think, you know what, God didn't actually heal me. I made that up because I'm struggling today. Well, no, that's just the enemy trying to get in. It's whether I decide to let him in or not, right? I could have lied back down and admitted defeat and said, nope, God didn't heal me. I'm going to go back to how I was doing it seeing the doctor, paying a lot of money for this medication that made me not feel anything, that took away my appetite, that made me sleep terribly. I'm just going to admit defeat. He didn't heal me, but I didn't. I, I struggled, and I cried out to God and said, God, did you really heal me? And then he would re- remind me of the physical moment that happened. And I said, there's no way he didn't heal me. So I, lying back down is not an option. I got work to do. In church, I've put a lot of work in. I've had to Relearn how to think. I've had to relearn how to focus. I've had to become self-aware of my habits sometimes, right? And and maybe, and I don't know how God necessarily healed me. Maybe he just gave me the strength to, to, to learn how to deal with it, maybe. But look at me now. I didn't lie back down. I'm dealing with it. I've overcome it. It doesn't have a hold of me anymore. So church, why don't we stand up? I just feel really strongly on my spirit that there's people in this room, whether we admit it or not, there's things that we've asked God to set us free from, there's things we've contended for, there's addictions in this room, however big, however small, I've been convicted of addictions in my life and something I never would have thought of, something that seems so silly, but God says, you know what, it interrupts your time with me, you need to stop. Can everybody close their eyes in this room? Why don't we just take a minute? Let's just call on Jesus. Start asking the Father, Father, what's my mat? And I believe in this moment, I believe there's people in this room right now that already know what it is. They said, that's what I keep going back to. That's what I can't fight. That's what I can't beat. But maybe there's some of us that God needs to reveal it. There can be darkness in our lives we don't see until the Holy Spirit illuminates it. So let's just take a minute, call on Jesus, and ask him to speak to us. Then we'll move on. So here's what I feel like we need to do, church. This requires boldness. I want a show of hands here, and I'm going to put my hand up. Is there something in your life where you're like, I'm, I'm ready to give up and call it, you know, call it quits, throw in the towel, sit back down on my mat, and say, I can't do this anymore. I can't fight with this anymore. I'm just going to admit defeat. Is, has there been anything in your life who can say that? There's something right now. I'm putting my hand up. Tired of fighting it, I'm tempted to just go lie back down and admit defeat. Because it's too hard. Holy Spirit, we just declare that you would come over this place. Lord, we declare that, Holy Spirit, you would come and touch the lives of the people in this room. Pray that your, your favor, your love, your grace would just be physically sensed by people in this room. God, that you would begin to set people free even as I'm speaking these words. Lord, that not only would you set us free, but God, we ask that you would give us the strength to walk in freedom. The breakthrough is part one. We need to walk in part two until we come home and see you. So church, as we worship, I want you to surrender it to the Lord. I want you to invite Holy Spirit and say, Lord, I replace this tiredness with your peace. Pray that you would take this frustration and replace it with joy. I pray that you would take my weariness and replace it with boldness and with excitement. Come on, even now, let's lift up our voices before the words to the song start. Thank you so much for listening to our message. We hope that it blessed and encouraged you. If you liked what you heard, we would love for you to come join us on a Sunday morning here in Corona at 10 a.m. at 551 Marie Drive. If you'd like more information on who we are as a church and as a community, you can visit our website at parkway-church.com.